All right, this is AP and Spence with two lawyers talking college sports and sports law in general. Uh, it is a beautiful day outside, nice and rainy and cold and windy here in Portland, Oregon. How are you doing today, AP? Doing good because the weather forecast says tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday are going to be mostly sunny in Oregon. And, well, and we'll March is sunny. Yeah, and March is coming right around the corner. I mean, spring's on the horizon, Spence. That's right. I feel it in the air. I see Easter eggs. You're already starting to hide Easter eggs in your yard. I do it March 1st. Yeah. March so 1st. So you get into it. You, you'll hide over 4,000 eggs. Is what By the end of, by before Easter, I'll have 4,000 <laughs> eggs. So that's true. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's been a lot going on, as there always is. And one of the, the first things I want to talk about is something that kind of got me excited was that the EA Sports announced that they are going to be starting to have college sports, EA Sports, again, uh, for college sports games and video games. I know you grew up playing college sports, EA Sports, right? I did, yeah. And, I, uh, and you know what we should do next week, or we could do it live on this show uh, if we can get him. I knew somebody that worked at EA Sports and uh, for a long time designing video games. Jeff Koenig, a good friend of the show. That's right. He's been on before. He's an attorney. And he did that in Florida. So he could probably talk a little bit about it again. But yeah, I grew up on these games. It was really cool because you could have them tailored to look like the player, the number. It was really, really cool. You were playing with the likeness of these players now, and would, the name. Would you pick USC and try to make USC win the national championship every year? Because I know I did that for BYU. Yeah, I would absolutely do that. I, and I would put it on the easiest setting. Right. Right. And then I would beat teams like, you know, 81 to 7. Right. Because I'm not, I don't, I'm going to just win. And then at the end, you're sitting there in your sweats. You've been playing for nine hours. You got pizza all over and you win the championship trophy. You take a, and, and then you just have that memory in the rest of your life. I'm a champion too. That's right. You know That's what right. I mean? That's what it feels like. Yeah, I had BYU, I'm the Tom Brady of EA Sports. I had BYU winning the national championship, the upset of the century. I remember they said that, you know, BYU beating some huge team <laughs> at the end of the year. And I, yeah, of course, put it on the easiest on the easiest level. But what's interesting to me is that this, <clears throat> the EA Sports stuff is kind of coinciding with these new NIL rules that are being suggested. Yeah. So just this last week, uh, or, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, the Congress has has introduced a new bill to, um, you know, to be passed that essentially would make it illegal for the NCA or other college sports associations to place any restrictions on the type or size of the endorsement deals that college athletes could sign in the future. I guess first and foremost, it gets into a little bit more here later in the in in the article which we have from ESPN, but. First and foremost, do you see any problems with that statement? Yeah, I mean, it really feels like at this point they're just professionalizing collegiate athletics. Like, hey, look, let's forget the charade. Let's make these guys pros. Everybody's profiting off this, but everybody's focusing on football and men's basketball. Right. Right. right? They're not they're not focusing on gymnastics or women's swimming or rowing or all these other team sports that don't make any money, that maybe a few of those players could endorse a product. And, okay, so great. You say they can get as much as they want. But, I, okay, I would like them to explain what are you going to do when a booster says, I'm a rich booster uh, living at the beach. I'm going to create fake companies and funnel money to these kids. 
uh, through these fake companies. And that's a great idea because I'm going to help my school and then they can get all the best players. That's going to happen. So what's the plan for that? Yeah. You know, the NCAA has always done a good job of all or nothing. We're not going to let anything go because it's too hard to monitor. Now, if they say, well, let's do part of this, it's going to be an avalanche, Spencer. And and I bet you we're professionalized collegiate athletics within three to five years. Well, it's going to have to be. And the the thing that I the thing that makes me a little bit leery of, of this is just like you said, how this affects Olympic sports and how this affects women's sports. Because I agree with you. I mean, so there may be a there may be a an Olympic sport athlete who is you know rises to some national level of prominency that can make you know a couple of bucks off an endorsement. But the vast majority of the Olympic sports athletes and the non men's basketball, non men's you know football type athlete, they go through school. They get free education. They get free room and board. They're you know, I don't see any problem with them having YouTube channel, making some money off that, that type of thing. I, I don't feel like that should stop letting them coach, you know, in the off season, make a couple of bucks that way. To me, there's no, there's no problem with that. The problem is going to come with how are you going to make it fair and equitable between the men's football and basketball teams, how much they're getting versus how much everyone else is getting. It's going to be impossible. No, no, no company in their right mind is going to say, hey, we're going to pay X number of dollars to your superstar football player. And then is the school then going to turn around and have to say, well, you're also going to have to do it for one of our girls players under Title Nine. Like that, that type of stuff just doesn't make any sense to me. Again, I don't think I, I, I honestly believe that student athletes should be able to make money off their name, like an image. But how do you regulate it, and how do you make it fair, and how do you make it equitable under Title IX? I, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, because the school would at least have to present the same opportunities, right? And so maybe they'll they'll come up with ways. Well, hey, we're presenting all these same opportunities just because our girls didn't get signed. You know, uh, are they really going to do that though? Because agents are going to think, so okay, maybe they say, okay, fine, we'll let all the girls sign up to go meet with these people at the same time, or they have to get. So the, maybe there's this way the school can kind of figure it out to make it work with under Title IX. Let's say that happens. But if that happens, even if, think about the going back to even the concept of should this happen, which is a little bit off topic, but the idea, oh, think about this, Spence. You and I can relate to being in law school, right? We're sitting in law school. We're going to law school. Maybe you're uh, you're being a law clerk and you're being paid. Yeah. Now, if one of the attorneys says, hey, I, you know what? I think you're a competent guy. You're working hard. I know you're just a first year, second year law student. I'm going to send you to court and we're going to bill for $350 an hour like you're a partner because I know you can do it. And and it's only fair. Uh, you know, I know. And so, but would we be able to do that under the bar rules? Not, well, I mean, potentially, no. They, they could bill for your time. If you're in law school, you can, right, under with, with supervision. Supervision. You can go to court and you can argue court. In fact, I, I handled a criminal case when I was a third-year law student uh, with the firm I was at working at, which, you know, it just happened to work out that I was able to handle a trial. I was scared out of my mind to do it, but, but I did it, and, you know, my client was guilty. He was guilty. Uh, he went to jail, which shocked the bejeebers out of me. But yeah, you could do that, but you had to have supervision and you had to be billed at the appropriate level, right? So you couldn't, I couldn't bill 
for my time, what happened was we, we, we agreed to a set amount because they knew that it was going to be, this person knew that, that I was going to be handling the trial. And so they agreed to a set amount for me to handle the trial under the supervision of my, of my supervising attorney. Okay. So, yeah. So the idea is that you know, the point I'm trying to make, I guess, is right. You can have, there's some rules. It wasn't a free-for-all. Until no. you're a licensed attorney, you're, there's some rules. There are rules. You have to have supervision. You have to do it on an agreed-upon rate. And I didn't get paid that rate, right? I still got paid my hourly rate. But 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 that was something that I had to do under the supervision of the attorney. Yeah. So the NCA creates these rules, right, where, yeah, you can get some compensation, gear, scholarship, food, travel. You can't get everything, right? So, and but now the athletes are saying, "Well, this isn't fair, right?" Well, okay, it may not be fair, but but I was just trying to make the point. A lot of things in our society work that way, sure. where there's rules where you can't make max money at all times just because of who you are. There's a few rules that you have to meet a certain benchmark. You have to do this. You have to do that. And so that argument I always hear sometimes that it's like, "Hey, these are talented kids that could that are bringing money to the school. They deserve a cut." But I think you could bring that same argument to a lot of different people in our society. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. right? Right. So if we go back to should we be doing this, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but let's assume we get past it and say, yeah, we should do it. Okay, fine. Then how do we monitor it? What rules do we have in place? Because the Mark Rubios of the world and these people, they're saying you got to pay the kids. Right. Okay. Which well, again, in practice, makes sense. Makes sense. Tell me what you're going to do with the gymnast. Right. The female gymnast. To me, to me. If this NIL stuff gets passed and starts getting enforced, I think you're going to see two things happen relatively quickly within the next 10 years. You're going to see professional college sports, number one. And two, you're going to see the death of Olympic sports and women's sports in college. I, I, I don't see how they're going to be sustainable. I, I, I just don't. I just don't. How are you going to make it fair? And I think the NCAA is going to essentially probably be nullified. And and because and then Title IX is going to be nullified. You, you're going to have to. I don't see how you can continue those two. The, the law of Title IX, which is essentially that you have to make everything equitable between the men's and women's teams, right? There has to be equal number of scholarships for men's team, men's teams versus women's teams. That's why you see a lot of more women's teams scholarships that are available. How is a school going to be able to justify doing that, making it equitable for the women's side and the men's side, right? Right now you have to have 16 NCAA division one teams to have it to be division one, right? Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. to have 16 teams, whatever sports those are. If all your, if all the resources and all, everything is just going to monitor the NIL for football and basketball and men's, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to monitor everything else? Yeah. Because even and how are you going to make it equitable for everybody else? Yeah. And that's the thing. Those are the, the questions that need to be asked that nobody's, thinking about they're thinking hey i'm trevor lawrence is making money for clemson and for the school he's getting ripped off we gotta fix that but it's that kind of like yeah you can throw a, a solution at a problem you know and then it creates unintended consequences and nobody's talking about the unintended consequences it's like raising minimum wage right you gotta raise it to 15 dollars an hour because people need to make a livable wage great everybody agrees nobody thinks that, that you shouldn't but when you do that then the grocery store says you know what we better just set up electronic uh, systems for people to check themselves out. We can't afford to pay it. And now jobs go away. So that's an unintended consequence of doing something good. Jobs go away. Every, you know, the price of everything else goes up. And then minimum wage isn't, isn't 
even even fifteen dollar minimum wage isn't isn't enough because everything is it inflates. Right, and so it's easy to kind of have think of a quick solution, but you have the smarter approach is to think of all of the consequences that could come out. Now, what I've proposed for a little while is that yes, I think they do need some common sense steps. You don't need Billy Bob on the that wants to do his own YouTube channel, and if that YouTube channel happens to sell a couple of his own T-shirts or something like that fine then then you do it there's a lot of ways to monitor that like let's see the site let's check it out and you have compliance sort of sign off yeah you can do that as long as you're going a b c and d there's ways to do this to to make common sense approaches but the in the the, the laws are coming in to just throw basically the baby out with the bathwater and make this giant mess really and then leave it up to compliance officers now compliance officers are going to start bulking up they're already starting to do that ucf the University of Central Florida is hiring two people right now uh, because they're hiring Gus Malzahn. They, they have a new football coach right. coming in. The other, right. the, and the NLI, NIL rules are coming aboard. And so you know, compliance officers are going to start beefing up because they know they're the ones that are going to have to figure all this stuff out. And it's angering a little bit if, you're, if you work in that field and you realize, gosh, this is actually going to be kind of a mess. We have to figure all this out. And the, these people don't. They just look good when they sign a bill and say – Athletes need to get paid. They need to get paid. And it's like, well, yeah, agreed. No, nobody's really arguing that point. And so that's what worries me about this. And we're going to have these unintended consequences that could lead. I mean, I have two daughters right now. Maybe they want to play collegiate sports one, one day. Maybe they don't have the opportunities. I don't know. In, they, in 10 or ten years because the school is going to say we can't afford to have gymnastics anymore. We can't have right. – we're going to – the NCAA changes its rules. Maybe you only have to have four teams, four sports, football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball. And that's it. Yeah, but anyways, I, I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like it's it's just going to be the death of, of college sports. Yeah, and then you have just club teams and things right. like that that are not really affiliated. You know, they're kind of affiliated. I think that that could really be a model that's that we're approaching because universities. I mean, universities are are sustain themselves on a lot of the of the money that comes in from athletics, mm -hmm. right? Yes, their their sports programs are all self sustaining or should be, even though. But the vast majority of these universities lose money on sports the vast majority mm -hmm. and and then they subsidize that with with money from the university or and sometimes but you go to school you go to university to have the full university experience right like mm -hmm. going to games and participating in these rallies and things that's part of going to university you're going to take that away i i that's just i feel like this is just going to lead to the end of college sports as we know it. yeah and you, you hit the nail on the head i mean here's the thing i always hear that argument against like pro sports right like hey we got to build our schools and our bridges first before we bring in this get a new arena for that baseball team but i'm telling you that's a big it goes to the heart and the kind of the fabric of a society or or, or a city when they have pro baseball, look at seattle you know you got the mariners and you got the seahawks and it it really took a hit on that city losing the nba they lost interest in it the jobs were lost really the status of the city was downgraded a little bit um those things are important i mean it, i would i would compare that to maybe like decorating a yard and having a nice tree and a few things sure do you not need that could you just have a concrete slab out back sure you could but it doesn't feel as good right. and and the university same thing harvard and the yales and the cal bears and those kind of i think there's this sense of like do we really need sports? Do we, this is just uh, this is like just for fun. We just focus on, but not everybody's trying to be uh, somebody writing math problems on a window. Right. I mean, a lot of times people just want to enjoy sports and have fun and camaraderie and socialize, and they need those things. And you want to root for something that's halfway competitive too. You don't always want to be losing. So then you got to recruit players and you got to get better facilities, and it's a big process, and it's and it's really a machine, and it's and it's sort of a 
it's its own economy in a lot of ways. And they're messing with something that's worked for a long, long time. And they yeah. need to be careful with it. I agree. Well, speaking of something that uh, that is going to look a little different this year, I suspect, uh, you know, they, they, they've announced that, I mean, they're just like you said, you said regarding March Madness, it has to happen this year, right? Yeah, I remember you said yep. that last year when they canceled March Madness. They cannot go without March Madness two years in a row. Yeah, no matter what's going on, it's happening. It's happening, and they are moving forward. Uh, you know, teams are ending their seasons. Uh, I know BYU plays its last game, regular season game next tomorrow night. I think USC next week. Then we've got conference tournaments and then the NCAA tournament. I mean, it is eerie thinking back to this time last year, right? I mean, we were still – right now, we were still going to games. You know, we, I mean, there was the buildup of this virus. Who, knows what it, who knew what it was going to do? And then all of a sudden, the next two weeks, life as we know it changed, right? Yep. So anyway, so, so they built in contingency plans for what happens if, if a school that gets into March Madness is not able to play. All right, you ready to go through these? I'm gonna I'm gonna give them to you, and then you give me your thoughts about them. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. I'm kind of the fact guy. You're kind of the you know you're kind of the knowledge. Guy, okay, that's right? fair. Yeah, I'm the voice. You're the talent. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> so okay, so the first thing is is that every conference gets a school into the NCAA tournament. So what that means is that if a school, if a school from a smaller conference, so for example. Um, if a school from like the NEAC or the MEAC or, or one of those types of schools that that is that is smaller. So like let's let's go to the American Conference. So if the American Conference, oh that's not a good example. Uh, let's go to the Big South. <clears throat> the Big South. So if if Winthrop, the Winthrop Eagles, if they and they're 17 and one, they're 21 over 20 and one overall they've, they've just demolished everybody they've been playing if they somehow lose their conference tournament or if they win their conference tournament and get into the NCAA tournament which is generally allowed if they then are get COVID then automatically Radford who's number two or whoever finishes number two in the conference Radford <laughs> Highlanders would then get a chance to go to the tournament right so that's the first thing. Okay, so built-in backup person. Yeah, right. So I mean, so first of all, you could have, you know, like I'm thinking of, of the Big South or, or a conference like that where you have a where you have a pretty good team. Winthrop is a pretty good team. They've been competitive all year, and if they lose, then Bradford, a team that you barely over 500, is going to take their spot if they're if, if Winthrop is out for COVID. First of all, do you think that that's fair? to allow another school from within the same conference to go versus maybe a more deserving team that like one of the last four out or something like that. Yeah. I have never been a, I've always been a fan of like, you put the best, most deserving team in if you have to have a contingency plan. Right. Um, because things can happen. You can have arguments both ways for what happened with Oregon and USC. Right. Me as a USC fan, I don't like it because I think, well, gosh, they got two weeks rest. We have six days. Our starting running backs out. We get hurt. We lose the game. Not fair. We should have just advanced automatically. There's arguments for that. Right. Right. And because we'd earned the spot and Oregon hadn't earned the spot. Oregon says, well, no, but we put ourselves in a good position to be close and we won the game on the field. And so we deserved it. So there's arguments on both sides. What makes me nervous about this, though, is – 
there's going to be teams that don't go, and then Radford's going to go. A Radford type somewhere is going to be in the back. I bet you this happens at least once. Absolutely. And you have somebody that was more deserving that doesn't get to go. Right. So so I guess that, that, that gets me to the second level. And I should, maybe should have just gone through them all at the same time. But basically, the second contingency plan in place. So there are 36 automatic bids, right, for a 68-team bracket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are additional teams, 32 teams that get in, if my math is right, mm-hmm. that get in under the, you know, at-large, you know, ability. So those 32 teams, those are the teams that are the more deserving teams often. You know, you have the Big Ten. Only one team is going to win the Big Ten. But the Big Ten is probably going to get eight teams into the tournament this year because they're really deep and really good. And, you know, WCC has got Gonzaga and BYU that are really good. But, you know, that'll get in. The Pac-12 will probably get four or five teams in, right? So if one of those teams, one of those at-large teams is unable to go because of COVID or one of the automatic qualifiers from the higher conferences that get multiple teams in can't go because of COVID, then you move on to the more deserving teams. Mm-hmm. So whoever are those next four out and then the you know the last four out and last next four out, those eight teams essentially need to be ready to go, but they're going to have to know within – 48 hours of the announcement of the seeding. So for the men's team, it's Sunday. For the women's, it's it's Monday. Within 48 hours of that seeding, the school is going to have to let the NCAA know that they cannot go because of COVID. And then that one of those other schools gets added. But if those 48 hours go on and nothing happens, and then let's say Thursday, the day before the tournament, some team can't go. Then what happens? The team that they were supposed to play automatically moves on. So there's no contingency plan there. So, okay. So that's kind of the whole idea of the contingency plan. What do you, plan? What do you think about that? Well, I like the idea if you're prepared and ready to go and other team's not, that you move on, right? I, I, in a sense. But it be, could turn into like a free fall. Imagine if somebody got that like twice in a row. And all of a sudden they're in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight and they haven't played anybody, you know, and they kind of lucked into being clear up there, you know, um, which isn't fair. There's no perfect way probably to do this, but, you know, I'm a, if I had to pick my way, yeah, if somebody's, if you're ready to go and another team's not, you advance because you've done the right things to get yourself moving forward. Kicking in another team that you're not prepared for, it kind of puts you guys on even footing in a way because you weren't expecting this team. They weren't expecting you, but you shouldn't be on even footing because you really shouldn't even be playing this team. Right. And so, you know, then if you get beat by that team, it's like, wow, geez, man, we prepared for this team. This team wasn't able to go. Now we're kind of punished because they can't go, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on how to, I mean, I think that they're doing the best that they can. This is so, uh, this is so unprecedented. You've got, they have, but they have to do something. They have to have something in place. Cause yeah, if, 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 if Western Kentucky as a 12 seed and USC are to play and for some reason USC gets COVID and can't play Western Kentucky automatically moves on. Right. I mean, that just, yeah, that just seems like, right. It, it, yeah. Even if they were a head scratcher. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair. You know, and, it's kind of inconsistent with sports playing it on the field a little bit, but you know, I think a lot of programs have had a pretty good run where they have, there hasn't been massive outbreaks of COVID and we're all going to be in the same spot. 
at the start of the season, yeah. there were a lot of teams that were on pause. And there, you know, there in fact have been a couple of teams that have just shut it all down. Yeah. Um, a lot of those teams are are teams that were like one in fifteen and yeah. hadn't won a game, and then all of a sudden they get COVID and they're just like, we're done. Yeah, yeah, we're not going anywhere um, anyways. Uh, so but for the competitive teams, like Gonzaga had a shutdown at the beginning of the season. They they haven't had a shutdown since. Baylor had a shutdown for a couple of weeks. They haven't had a shutdown since. Michigan's, Michigan had a shutdown for a month. They haven't had a shutdown since. So a lot of these teams yeah. have already had shutdowns or had already had issues or teams like USC and BYU, who I don't think have had any issues. No. Right? No. And I think USC and I think missed a practice. Or, I mean, there's been a few things. BYU there. had to have games canceled on them, not because of them. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting situation. But so to me, the fun of March Madness is, is you prove it on the, on the, on the court. Mm-hmm. You get one game, you get one shot, right? So that's why a Valpo can go up yeah. and beat, uh, you know, Ole Miss in a, in a third, in a 14, three matchup or what, or not 14, three matchup or whatever it was, the mm-hmm. matchup 12, five, you know, those, those types of games are the funnest games to watch those, those upsets. I, and I can tell you from experience, they're the funnest games to be at watching one of these lower seed teams beat a higher seed team. It's unbelievable. It's so fun. There's so much buzz in the air. So I think, I think I'm a little bit concerned that you're going to get some of these lower seeded teams that may have COVID issues and you may lose out on that benefit uh, on those types of games, but I'd rather have a tournament than not have a tournament. Yeah. And I think that it is fair that you have teams that go, you know, from every conference, that's the way the NCAA has always been. Mm -hmm. And I think that you've got to have some, and I, so I like it. I like the plan. I think it's their only plan, really. Yeah, the only thing they can really do, you know, and it's going to be fun. It's all it's going to be interesting where everything's held at the same spot, right? And right. There's, four, there's four venues in Indianapolis uh, in and around. We've been to many of them. Yeah, so they're yeah. playing at Butler, yeah. at the where the Pacers play, yeah. uh, at IUPUI. So yeah. we've, been, we've been to these areas, yeah. and we've actually walked on the courts. And yeah, yeah, I think you even grabbed the rim. I I grab the net, that's all <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but it's there. It's an amazing yeah. place. It's yeah. going to be super fun for these kids to play at these great stadiums, and I, I'm excited to watch it. Do you have a Butler shirt? I do have. A, I actually have a Butler sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. Yeah, that's what I got when we were. At yeah, Butler. when we were there, that was a fun trip, and we were visiting the NCA. That's right. We walked around the NCA. That was great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So okay, so it's going to be a fun tournament, no matter what happens. We can't wait to see. I hope COVID doesn't ravage it. I hope it's like. You know, it actually plays on the field and things are good and contained. The NBA bubble worked pretty well. Yeah. Right? But you'd always have, like, some knucklehead that would be like, I'm going out. They were able to play all the games, right? Yeah. I can't think of any games that were that – were, I, I know of some players who got – Yeah, yeah. And who got put on probation or who got kicked out. But I don't know any games that got postponed or, or, or delayed or, or canceled. So I feel like the NCA follows the same protocol. We should be good to go. Yeah. And right now the NBA is going and people are flying around and moving. The Blazers are in Los Angeles to play the Lakers tonight. Right. Games are happening. Let's go. Let's go. Let's play. And maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll even do our own picks. Maybe we'll let the, we'll let the, uh, the, uh, the listeners listen to our expert picks. Let's do it. I like that. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do it. And maybe okay. we can make it interesting too. Well, we'll talk. We'll about try it. to. Yeah.
All right. Well, so we're going to change it up a little bit this week. Uh, we, our first segment kind of went a little bit longer than we thought it was going to. That's okay. Well, there's just so much uh, <laughs> juice. There's a lot of meat on that rib bone, Spencer. That's right. That's and you know okay. me and, and rib bones. Yeah, you love them. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to do a rules ed here, and then we're going to do some picks, and that's going to be it for today. Yeah, we'll keep it nice and simple. I'm, mean, you know, I we feel good about it. We didn't bring a guest on this time, and I'm glad that we didn't because we might have had a two and a half hour show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to be listening to a two and a half hour show. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So let's get right into these rules, Ed. So, uh, as we've done in the past, what we'll do is we'll kind of go over some um, updated some some decisions from the NCA where where student athletes, or in this case, both time both coaches, violated some uh, NCA rules. We'll talk about what the rules were how they violated them, and if we feel like the penalty is fair, okay? So who do you want to start with, Georgia Tech or or South Carolina? Would you rather talk about the Yellow, the yellow Jackets or the uh, or the Gamecocks? Let's go Gamecocks. Okay, Gamecocks. All right, so here's what we know about what happened here. A former South Carolina men's basketball assistant coach violated NCAA ethical rules when he accepted between 3,300 and 5,800 in bribes from an individual associated with a professional sports agent. In exchange for the bribes, the coach agreed to arrange meetings with a student, a South Carolina student athlete and his family to influence them to retain the agency's the agent's services. Now, this coach did not actually arrange the meeting, but he did receive the money. So why is it wrong for a coach to accept money to arrange a meeting between a student athlete and a and a and an agent? That, I mean, that's like a go-between. Why, why? What's wrong with being a go-between? Yeah, I think in the NCAA rules, that's allowed. It's fine, Spence. No, no, no. That Here's the thing. I, I mean, if you really think about it, uh, probably about the worst thing you can do is try to persuade kids to sign somewhere with money, right? And you're dealing with agents. And here's the deal. You know, just because you didn't do it, I mean, it's just like in a, with the police. If you if they set you up and you take money to, to do drugs or something, they say, well, I, I didn't actually go get the drugs for you. Or I didn't do this or that. You did the crime. I mean, you're taking money. That's right. To, you, you did the crime. You're going to do the time, Spence. You know how that goes. And as lawyers, you always want kind of a rhyme and that'll make people remember what you're saying. Have you ever heard that? I think I read yeah, that in Torch yeah, or something. Like that, yeah. yeah. So if you're going to do the crime, you, you got to remember the time. I, that, none of that something, makes any sense. Something else, something. But, but the idea is this, is look, you can't steer kids to programs, to agents, to runners. And of course the agent wants that. The runner wants that. Let me give you some money so I can get access. Let me give you money and you can maybe steer a kid my direction. I'll, if you give me money, I'll, or if I pay you, I'll do this and do that. You're manipulating the rules, right? Imagine if you went to a judge an administrative law judge at a workers' compensation. He said, hey, I'm going to toss you this Benjamin. Yeah. Uh, I know the hearing's next week. You know, I rule as you want, you know, Your Honor, but here's 100 bones for you. And I, and I would love it if you rooted my, for me. Yeah. Right? And what do you think the bar, if they found out, would think about that? I would be disbarred. It wouldn't be a good thing, right? No. Yeah. So it's the same kind of idea, right, where the NC said, no, 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 you're manipulating how things are supposed to work. That's the problem. All right, this was a level one aggravated uh, violation, right? So, there, I mean, this is this is the highest level. So here's here are the penalties. What do you think about the penalties? This is for the school. The school gets penalized for some rogue assistant coach who who, who just took some money. I, it's just and and what, I've not been looking at the penalties. I guarantee one of them is probation. 
Two years of probation. Guaranteed. Yep. Two years probation, $5,000 fine, reduction of men's basketball official visits to 25 for two years, which is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Can't have as many kids on campus. A prohibition of unofficial visits in men's basketball for a total of four weeks, so no visits for four weeks. It's like a dead period. A prohibition of men's basketball telephone recruiting for a six-week period. And then a reduction of the number of <laughs> recruiting person of, of having people on campus for, to, by 17 days. And then a 10-year show cause order for the assistant coach. So not only is this coach a dummy for not for accepting the money and then not even making the connection. <laughs> But secondly, the school got pretty dang. Yeah, because the basketball program, they're not worried about the $5,000 fine, but they're worried about the program's going to be set back from a from a, you know recruiting perspective, which is going to mean that they're not going to get some of the top kids. Right. They're going to lose in other places. They can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. And we're going to make it harder on you to recruit. It's already hard enough to recruit and then to do it with one arm tied behind your back. I would compare that to you, Spence. You know, you're a swimmer. Now, if you're trying to swim with one arm behind your back, that'd be hard. You're not going to go as fast. No, this is hampering. Much faster with two arms. Right, and but if you <laughs> broke a rule, they're going to go one arm, and that's what they're doing here to the recruiting, and so that's the problem. Sure, you can still recruit, but it's going to be much more difficult and slower, and that's the penalty. That's what you have coming. But two years probation—that means if they have a major during those two years, they're in trouble. Look out. Yeah. All right. So here's what happened at Georgia Tech. This is also basketball. Lots of issue with, with basketball. Why do you think that is? That's because one or two kids can change your program. In football, it takes 10 or 15 kids. And so coaches will really swing for the fences to get that one or two kids, which makes it ripe for fraud. All right. So at Georgia Tech, what happened here? Also a former assistant coach, um, he appealed the prior decision. So we, um, But basically what happened was – that the coach, the panel, the NCAA panel found that the former assistant coach arranged contact with a booster at the school who provided impermissible benefits to both a recruit and a host student athlete. So essentially that this, this student, this assistant coach made the connection for the booster to provide money or whatever, some type of benefit to a student athlete who was coming on, the, who was coming on campus and the host student athlete. So, so someone who was already there who was hosting this potential player and, and they did something. We don't know what they did. We don't, they don't, they don't give us the, the breakdown. Of Why don't you speculate, Spence? I'm not going to speculate. It's probably something not very good. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so, okay. So why is it bad for an assistant coach to connect the booster, right? Or for like a, somebody else to these kids? I mean, you don't want the kids to have fun. I mean, I know that BYU, well, they'll have, Kids go out on, you know, snowmobiles and, and it'll be all team activities. It'll be super fun. Why, what's so wrong about that? So US, so BYU would go out on snowmobiles? <laughs> oh, let's, uh, let me, I'm going to send a text. I'm just kidding. It's permitted, Spence. And so I freaked you out there right there, right? You never know when something's good or not, right? That's no, I knew thing. that was okay. We've talked about <laughs> yeah. it. But here's the thing. So boosters cannot be involved in recruiting. So it involves recruiting, get the boosters out of there. What if you have some like super famous booster like Matthew McConaughey at Texas? So and they can have on-campus contact so long as he's a student athlete as well. But if he's not a student athlete and he like let's say that student let's say student athlete is there at Texas walking around and uh, the coach just happens to you know turn her corner and there's Matthew McConaughey. 
So that happens, and you're on campus, and it's it's not set up. It's, not it's set inadvertent. Up. It's like totally inadvertent. It, you would treat it like a contact at the school, where if you're walking to the school, uh, hey kid, shake your hand, good to see you. I can't have contact with you, and I got to move on. Every time you you the NCAA doesn't want you to like ignore people and, and be weird, but they know that you can't if you stop and you pose for a picture, put your arm around, and it's going to be hard not to do. Can't do that, right? And you got a booster that's 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 hanging around. And so that's how you'd have to treat it. And so, but barring those weird little nuanced rules, boosters cannot be involved in recruiting. They don't want boosters involved in recruiting. Don't get don't get involved in recruiting boosters. Sorry, because then the bigger the booster for the school, the more recruits they can get. We're trying to make it competitive it, it, equity here, you know, right. right? And so, so that's the problem right there. Now, here's how it works: you bring someone on an official visit. I would say official because there's unofficial, official, unofficial. They paid for themselves to get there. Official, the school paid for them. So official visit, you bring them on, you bring them on campus, you pay for meals. You can have a, you can have uh, entertainment money up to $40 a day, $80 total uh, for two day visit. And you can have a student host that can also get that money. And so we'd have the hosts, but the hosts have to know what to do. The hosts can't take them to strip clubs. They can't take them to um, drinking, you know, or they, they can't, uh, can't give them the cash. That was the big thing that we had to go over over and over and over. The way it works, you don't get the $40 entertainment money to go, here's 80 bucks for you. Right. No, it's to spend. It's to go see a movie, Spence, yeah. right? Go, it's, get go get dinner. Go get a burger. You know, go get a root beer float. Not not a beer, a root beer float. And and, and follow the rules, right? And and have fun. And you got to play it for a little parking. You buy them a little ice cream. You show them a good time. And they really feel good about it. The NCAA wants that to happen. You don't give them the cash. You don't take them to strip clubs. You don't do that kind of stuff. And you can't involve boosters. As well, and then that's the problem. So that that's basically the entertainment side of things. What the NCAA has carved out some rules for kids to get eighty bucks, for them to be entertained, for them to get flights, and their family and some sports can be flown out as well. They get food. They can try on gear for inclement weather. Can't, can't take it home. Can't take it home. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've learned, Spence. I mean, let's say we're on a visit, and I'm I'm a coach, and I'm coming to you. You're the compliance okay, officer. Okay, gotcha. And I say, yeah, I've got my khaki pants on. Okay. Yeah, you got your khaki pants and collared, you know, polo shirt with the university with the logo. logo. Yeah, That's what everybody sure. in compliance wears. That's right. And you sit right there, but you got your Nikes on too. And I says, Spence, quick, quick one for you. This is really easy. I know the answer. I already know the answer, but I'm gonna ask you real quick. Yeah. Uh, but I need to know right now. Um, now I have a couple of kids. I'm gonna put some swag on them. It's totally fine, right? Yeah, it's fine, but they can't take it home. Oh, they right. Exactly right. They get, but see, but you notice how they always ask them with all so that yeah, exactly. So I would say, hey, coach, uh, you put it, you can put it on them. You mean like for inclement weather? Let's see if it's a look inclement outside. Uh, it's seventy eight and sunny, uh, so I'm going to say it's not inclement. But let's say it looks like it is. No, Spencer, it's fifty five and cloudy, and they came in a t shirt. Yeah, you can give them something. Yeah, and that's okay, but they can't take it home. Can't take it home. What if they really want it though? Then they can could they they can go to the store and buy it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Their own money. What if the coach wants to use his discount at the store? Negative. That's an impermissible benefit. <laughs> yeah. Boom! Boom! Look at this guy. I, I love it. See, but I've been asked all of these questions. These are all questions I've truly been asked. Yeah. What if they're already wearing a sweatshirt, but they want to take that sweatshirt off and put one of your sweatshirts on? They can do that if it's inclement weather, but they can't take it home. Can't take it right. And but I would say I would almost go as far as hey, if they already came in a sweatshirt. What do they need to wear our sweatshirt for? Right, right. But I just, you know, coaches didn't like me as a compliance officer. I think. I think well, I was I, harsh. See, and I've seen, I've seen it happen where, you know, immediate. And we've talked about this, right? Where a student athlete will commit to a school, and immediately there's a picture of that student athlete 
in the uniform of that team. You know how it happens? Yeah. So, okay, photo shoots, right? Photo shoots, you're allowed to have a photo shoot. When they relaxed some of the rules since I've left. But when I was in the game about three years ago, photo shoots were a major hot button issue. And I was probably partially to blame for that. <laughs> USC liked to do photo shoots on top of buildings that we right. owned around campus. I mean, some of the world's best photo shoots you would imagine. And they could put them in, but they couldn't be in a three-point stance. They couldn't be throwing a ball because those are action shots. That's a game day simulation. There's all of these rules that they've relaxed some sense since I left. Um, probably because I was bothering the NCAA with all these questions 15 times a day. But they would put in all these photo shoots, right, when they come on their visits. And then you have professional level I mean, stuff in all kinds of garb and you're doing the fight on and you're in front of the Coliseum and you're wearing a helmet. You got palm trees in the background and you got the beach and sun and it's amazing. Right. And so as soon as they sign, boom, that stuff goes up. That's how you get it. Right. Uh, but but otherwise there was rules where you couldn't try on the gear unless it was a photo shoot from an unofficial or official visit. You couldn't just walk around campus decked out as a football player. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, you got to be in a photo shoot. But for inclement weather, you can wear a hoodie or sweatshirt or, or you know, that sort of thing. But I I'm telling you, or, the reason I always brought it up is because Oregon was abusing this rule, Spencer. They, they were. No. They were. Inclement weather, it's always inclement weather in Oregon, right? Absolutely. And it so always is. It always is. And so they were always getting the best swag on, on the kids. But they would come to our place, and it's 113 degrees and sunny. They wouldn't get any swag on them. And our coaches hated it. So how did I fix it? We got to do photo shoots. And then the way I did it, I said, I'm I'm going to go tell on Oregon. I got to get Oregon. I work with Oregon. Oregon understood it. And they they, they were they were good with it. But uh, it took some some working. And we've, <laughs> we fixed how how things are done. I think they've relaxed some rules on it a little bit, some yeah. common sense rules. But you, you know why you don't want to put a lot of gear on kids, Spence? This is why. Because they will take it home. They will take it home. Absolutely. You put that BYU blue on any of those kids. I'm taking that home. That's that's you're not getting it back. You it, know the hospitality. Oh, uh, I would have a beanie on. I'd have For the sure. hood, and it would be at my closet in Salem, Oregon. That's right. And uh, and that's why. So you want to really limit what you put on kids because they want to take it home because it's valuable. And guess what it is? It's a recruiting inducement. That's right. That's right. You're paying them with. So there, there's the rules. If anyone wants to know the insider, and I'm telling you that was one of the hottest button issues that in camps. Uh, when I was working in recruiting uh, two, three, four, five, six years ago. That's great. All right. Well, the, so that's the end of our rules ed section. So now we'll do a couple of picks, right? Do you have a couple of games? Now, last week I went three and one. The week before then, uh, you know, you gave me the games. I went four and oh, although we didn't have a episode, but I did go four and oh. So the last two weeks, I'm seven and one. That's pretty good. I'm turning things around. You're doing really good, Spence, but I think that uh, I'm going to have to get you here college basketball games. I'm just going to look up some tough ones for you because I don't want you to have a good time. I want things to be hard on you. That's my goal. I appreciate right? that. Because you grow that way. I grow. Right? I, yeah, you grow. I, baptism by fire. You ready? Let's do it. Number 14, Texas at number 18, Texas Tech. What's the spread? Oh, I don't even do that. See, the one I do, it just wants you. It want, it, I don't even want to handcuff you. Because if I handcuff you and if I, if I give you training wheels – it makes it too easy. I, you just need to use your gut. This is like that, this, this is, is next wait, level. This is today. This is tomorrow. This is tomorrow at nine a.m. They just played. Yeah. So they just played in Texas. One. Um, number this fourteen. Is probably number 18. at Texas Tech. It is. I think the game was at Texas before. I think Texas Tech wins this one. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. Fair enough. How about number seven, Stony Brook? No, that's a seven seed, Stony Brook. <laughs> and number six. UMass. That's a six. That's that's a six seed. Uh, okay, I'm gonna just go just go chalk on that one. And go UMass because that's the uh, that's the tournament for that conference. 
The Stony Brook Steve Wolves, by the way. Yeah, Steve Wolves. Okay. Sea Wolves. Yeah, Sea Wolves. Okay. Yeah. I got another and tournament one for Yeah. I got another tournament one. Okay. Number nine, USC Upstate. What's their oh, mascot? Okay, the Spartans. At number eight, High Point. What's their mascot? The High Point. Oh. Uh, I want to say Highlanders. I'm pretty sure. We'll find out. Yeah, okay. Okay, we'll have to look okay. That. all right. So I'm just going to go chalk. I, I would say High Point. High, I should say High Point is the uh, would win there because they're the higher seat, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'll ask you norm, one more normal one here, Spence. Number uh, – no, LSU at number 20, Arkansas. At Arkansas, Arkansas just beat Alabama. They're really good. I think Alabama, uh, Arkansas wins that one okay. going away. Has BYU got this week? We got uh, so we just played. Um, we just played. Uh, we just played San Francisco last night. One close game, and then and now uh, we have St. Mary's on Saturday. So, oh, they, and I'm sorry, High Point. They are the Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, I was okay. wrong. Okay, so that's okay. Disappointed in myself. Yeah, I mean, you know, and 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 on a serious note, we when we get into mascots, what is our mascot challenge called? We need to have it going. We forward. need, yeah, we need to have it. I mean, we're, we're gonna have to. We'll have to come up with the name. Yeah, we'll think, yeah, I, yeah, I, the uh, well, how about Zenner? The Zenner, I love it. The Zenner mascot challenge. Yeah, I, I yeah. need to. I need. We need to find someone else to challenge me. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I've already shown I can. I can. I can make a mistake. You're beatable. That's for sure, yeah. Spence. Because I think I asked you one or two today, and you missed. It's okay. Uh, well, let's I, I, let's do Arizona State. What's their mascot? The Sun Devils. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, and I, you know, USC had a really tough loss. They had a big loss, big win, big loss. Um, so they're kind of up and down right now. They I have, like the Blazers. Kind of the Blazers, like yeah. And then Russell Wilson, what team he's going? What, what's he going to, Spencer? I have no. I think he stays with Seattle one more year, and then he ends up going to the Saints or someone like that. Yeah, I think he's going to go to the Raiders. I'm going to yeah, call I right now. Go to the Raiders. Raiders. That's, that's a good. And that then, was one of his teams. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Um, and then Zach Wilson, where's he getting drafted? I think Zach Wilson's going to end up with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. All right. Well, I think he's going to be your next, your next Matty Ice. You know, I like um, it. Zachy Ice or something. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Well, hey, Spence, this was a good show, man. And we got the NCAA tournament coming. We'll have a guest for next week for sure. And um, if you notice here, by the way, I was just reading here the members of the Infractions Appeals Committee who heard this case were recognize if any of these names. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Al uh, Alger, president of James Madison. Okay. And Ellen Ferris. Commissioner of Governance at the American. Yeah, Ellen Ferris. Yeah, we've talked to her. Yeah, we have. Yeah, She's and great. so so there you go. So uh, yeah, uh, go figure. Right, I just kind of glanced right down there, and her name's bouncing around. Well, this is going to be a good show, Spence. We're going to find out some good stuff, and uh, let's have a good weekend. Let's do it. Stay safe out there.